hello everybody and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt and I am here with Pastor Todd. And we're really excited to be with you here today. We're glad that you're joining us. And uh, obviously it was a really big weekend this weekend, a special weekend, Pastor Jamal's last Sunday with us sharing from God's Word. I think it was really special. It was. I think it was a really great time and having the breakfast, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that came out for that. Like a lot of people... Obviously, people I didn't know, but a lot of people I did know who I'm like, oh, you know, it's great that they came. Right. Or people who had been here at one time, haven't been around, but came back. Yeah. 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 So I think that was really great. Um, it was a really special Sunday. So uh, something that I got to do this weekend, by the way, or well, I guess it was Thursday. I got to record some TV messages. It's for this. It's called WNBC TV. It's like the New York metropolitan area. It's like more North Jersey. So for those of you who live in Jackson, it's like JTV, basically. Like it's your local. Well, it's a little bigger. It's not just a local channel. Oh, That's okay. what I'm saying. It's like the New York metropolitan area. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's, um, yeah, it's not like that big. But so we get it here because we're, this is still considered the New York metro area. Okay. Actually, Jackson, though, maybe outside. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, we're Ocean Township or uh, Ocean County. So. Yeah, so I don't know about Ocean County, but uh, yeah, so I got to do that. That was fun. I've done that a few times. So you like record a message and then they um, they do like an interview style with you afterwards. Like they talk about it kind of like this, actually, I guess a little bit. Um, it's more formal. But uh, so that was pretty cool. So either way, I, w- I would probably post it on my Facebook anyway, like when it when they drop so the first one's gonna drop in October end of October so that was pretty fun but you're a televangelist now? yeah you know just <laughs> trying to get a little extra money like, if you call right now I'll send you you're, you can <laughs> live your ride. best life ever <laughs> live your best life now if you just send Matt uh, Pastor Matt a uh, small small offering and he'll send you a hanky <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> guarantee it was prayed over by our top prayer warriors <laughs> nice so pastor jamal's last sermon was uh gospel influence which i think is great and really appropriate for him like uh you know just if you know pastor jamal and how he is i think that's a great it's a great last sermon title and what it was about obviously it's very him, and um, I think the words that he shared were also very appropriate for all of us too. Um, you know, it wasn't just like uh, last Sunday, like we're watching him. I mean, I think he still his words still spoke life to us. Yeah, and I think I think right now in the world that we live in and the things that we see going on with Christianity and people deconstructing faith, walking away, I think thinking about how important the gospel is knowing God's word, knowing how it applies to our lives beyond just, um, beyond just knowing the right answers. Yeah. You know, uh, like I guess what I mean by that is, and I've said it before, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but like when you talk to kids and you ask some questions when you're in church, they always give you the answer. Jesus. Yeah, it, you can ask them anything. Hey, how was your day yesterday, Jesus? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes, like we know the right answers, especially if you've been in church for a while, you know the right answers. But applying them, 
uh, letting it soak in deep enough to affect like how you live. Like that's a different challenge all in itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually think that's kind of what he was getting into in the sermon. I think he was kind of highlighting the disconnect, not, you know, it's unintentional, but like you say, you believe the gospel's good enough. You say, believe Jesus is enough, but then here's the fruit that's still coming out of my life. And the way you produce fruit like that, the root of that fruit is not a belief that Jesus is enough. So he was kind of addressing that, that I know the answer, but when mm-hmm. I try to apply it to my life, it's uh, hard. I, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And 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 I think this is a common struggle amongst people. Even people who have been believers for a long time. There's like a, another way you could say is you have your theology that you believe, like your um, uh, shoot, I can't think of the word. Uh, this left my head. Orthodoxy. You have well, you have like your theoretical. theology the things that you believe in theory and then you have like your functional theology yeah in other words i believe that jesus is enough but when hard times come i find myself trying to take care of my own needs right you know what i mean and and i think that that is not a that's not a critical thing i think it's just a common human struggle that yes that to constantly believe the truth and then to function in that it's hard. It's yeah. a challenge, you know, which is what I like about um, even just the title. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he did a sermon called Gospel Fluency that was had a different, totally different angle. <clears throat> but I love the title and the idea. And he talked kind of at the end about this, about fluency and being fluent. Oh, wait, did I say gospel influence? You have gospel influence. Oh, wait, I think it was called notes. gospel fluency. fluency. Wait a minute. Yeah, it was called gospel fluency. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I got that wrong. Gospel fluency. That's it's in my notebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was called. Gospel fluency. I'm sorry. And that's the whole point is that being fluent in the gospel, like how he said at the end, like you can tell yourself you know a language, but Mm -hmm. um, like I could tell everybody I speak Spanish or I speak German because I know the word schnell, which I'm pretty sure means faster, but... I don't actually speak German. <laughs> yeah, when we do BGMC once a month, one of the things they always include some words to say, you know, you know, introduce the kids how to say good morning and God loves you and all those things. Yeah. So we always say it, and it's funny cuz sometimes the kids are like, "Oh, I can speak Spanish." What idea? <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, it's not really Spanish, but, you know." Uh, okay, but yeah. but even as I'm trying to tell the kids the words, I'm like, "Listen, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this even close to being right but then i i I just find myself doing this out of habit after we go through the words i'm like all right now you can go to germany and you can say god bless you and probably you can't (laughs) because i probably didn't pronounce it even close to being right uh Uh, but i always go through that with the kids and yes it's funny when like little kids think that they can speak another language that they really can't <laughs> that that was his uh that's that was his illustration with naomi he said that she was telling everybody she could speak fluent spanish <laughs> she, she, she knew like buenos dias i think that's it but it's funny i was in paris a couple years ago rebecca and i and i don't know french um but yeah i've had i, I took spanish in school and it's funny you realize how much spanish you really do know because they don't speak English. I'm trying my best to like communicate and all the Spanish is coming to me. I'm like, well, I'm trying to talk and <laughs> they are related, but it's not the same. So it was like, it was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, I guess there's really some deep down in there. <laughs> like, 
I I remember going uh, to Peru on missions trips and um, listening to um, the missionary speak to large crowds and like thinking like, okay, now I've already taken like several years of Spanish in high school. I had to take Spanish in college and I'm only catching about every fourth or fifth word. But I'm like, well, I could translate if I absolutely had to, but I'm not sure what I'm translating is going to actually be accurate to what he's right. saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get some words here and you there. Know, uh, there's enough that I can like kind of follow the gist, but I would never try to actually have a conversation with somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, so that's um, <clears throat> I, I actually I just thought of there's been a funny T-Mobile commercial uh, when I was watching because the season's over now for baseball, but all through the baseball season it was Judge and Stanton on like a FaceTime call. But it was like he said, like how do you, how do you do so well? And he's like, oh, every night I meditate and I picture being at a little league game and I crush the pitchers. But he's they're like on a spotty network. This is what oh. you hear. And he's <laughs> like, every night I go to a little league game and crush the pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he does. And you know, actually, yeah, yeah, because I've seen other ones like that where it's, it's like broken like, like that. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm going to a party tonight. Whatever you do, don't dress up. And oh I'll yeah, be here so on yeah, the other side. One. Going to a party tonight. Whatever you do, dress up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, it's actually another funny illustration of that. So. <clears throat> He said that at the end, we a lot of times we speak a broken form of the gospel, mm-hmm. like a broken English or a broken Spanish. So that idea of being fluent in the gospel, uh, you know, I think, sure, of course, the words and the language and being able to articulate it. Because I, I actually think that a lot of us as Christians may have a harder time articulating the gospel. If you're like, hey, just can you explain to me what the gospel is? I think it takes it could take you a minute if you're like, uh, well, you know, Jesus. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> like, no, no. I mean, like, what about him? Like, you know, I uh, think even sometimes and I don't know, uh, this is just from little blippets here and there. But sometimes I think the longer you're in the church and the more you hear church lingo, um, sometimes the harder it is to say, what does that mean? Yeah, because we get so used to talking those phrases and talking Christian lingo that we kind of know what it means and and we use those terms all the time. But to explain it to somebody who doesn't know what it means, like sometimes it's hard to find the right words. And so I think yeah. even having grown up in the church, you hear stuff all the time, all the time. And sometimes you don't even question what that means because you hear it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you try to actually like when somebody asks you a real serious question, you're like, well, um, uh, actually I don't know where that comes from. I don't know why we do that. You know? So, you know, I think that follows along this lines that, you know, like sometimes we, we even say we know what we believe, but we're not even sure why we believe it or how to put that belief into words that are like, like rubber meet the road words. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I, I think it's good to explain it differently. And sometimes I, I push the young adults to do that or in preaching or some or something like I intentionally will try to use different words, but you know, but I, so I think articulating it, but also in Pastor Jamal's angle, I think with the sermon though, being fluent in knowing the gospel so well that you know how to apply it now to your mm-hmm. life in your situation when you're struggling to believe when you're struggling to trust God, when you're seeing fruit in your life you're producing that you don't want to be, you're fluent in the gospel. You know how to take the gospel and apply it to what you're going through. Um, 
And we've mentioned before, I think part of that comes from understanding that the gospel isn't just about salvation. Yeah. Salvation is a big part of it. You know, I'm not taken away from that, but that's the beginning of the gospel. That's the beginning of our Christian life. And so sometimes we're like, well, I'm saved and I'm good now, you know, and, and we don't go a whole lot deeper than that. And I think biblical fluency, gospel fluency is all about, okay, now what, what does the rest of scripture beyond just salvation like it affects how I live my life. It affects how I, uh, you know what? Here's a perfect example. I was talking with the kids this past, you know, this past Sunday, uh, um, about like being God's children. Okay. We can say we're God's children. God is our father. But what does that mean for like every day in the here and now, not just for eternity, not just for the day that we face God in heaven, but what does it mean for here and how I'm living here on earth? Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of, you know, I, I think that's kind of the challenge. The challenge is we can believe these things and we have hope for the future. But what about hope for everyday life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like I probably said this once on the podcast, but I remember <coughs> I was looking up some stuff about um, Billy Graham had like he, he, these preaching guidelines or tips or whatever like i i wrote them down one of them though was to preach the gospel ethic and that was his thing is like not just that the gospel what gets you to heaven or you're saved yeah that's the beginning so how the gospel makes you a better husband now yeah, the gospel right. makes you a better man so that he yeah. called that the gospel ethic you need to preach the gospel ethic and again i think it's partially what pastor jamal was getting at and um, I just want to say this too, being that we were talking about articulating the gospel, mm-hmm. I think it's worth just bringing up how we would articulate the gospel, <laughs> <laughs> being that we brought it up. I, I would say that the, like when I'm trying to explain to the kids, because oftentimes we'll talk about, oh, the four gospels, what's that mean or whatever. And so it's, gospel means good news. It's the good news of how Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to give his life that and, and die in our place so that we could have forgiveness of sins so that we could have eternal life but also so that we have someone who walks with life with us now uh and ha- experience hope now yeah and for the future yeah yeah absolutely i have <clears throat> started to use what's called the romans road like mm-hmm. that just scripture verses in the book of Romans and especially cause being on mission trips and stuff. Sometimes it's like, it's just nice to have that as like a structure, I think. Yeah. 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 Right. So Romans three that, uh, all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. Romans six wages of sin are, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. Romans five, eight. Um, uh, so anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10. And then there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans eight one. So like, there's more than that, right? You know, but, but that's I like think the those basic are structure. Some yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. structure, some, some points you can hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so if you're if somebody asks you, you know what I mean, like what it is. And I've had people, not just on a mission trip in another country. I've had people like at work and stuff before ask me like, what is the god or, or not say what is the gospel? They've said, um, well, what it what is it that you really believe anyway? Or I had a guy one time, he started coming to church, loved it. 
uh, this guy I worked with, and we decided to get coffee one time. And he was like, he's like, dude, you know, I had a great experience at church and all this stuff. I'm trying to get my life together. But honestly, man, why do you think that I need Jesus in particular? And he wasn't fighting me or anything. He's like, he really was was like like asking question. He's like, yeah, just, you know, there's, there's a million things I could go to in my life. You really think it's Jesus that I need. Why? And that right there to me would be like, well, you need to answer with the gospel. That's right. That would be your answer to that question. It was cool. It was cool that he asked me that. But anyway, so it's it's important for us to be able to articulate it, yeah. In those for those moments and stuff. And if you're listening and you've never heard of the Romans Road before, because I don't want us to assume that you know everyone's heard of it. Yeah. Uh, if you if you want if you read through Romans, you'll pick up some key verses about salvation and and about the gospel. But you can also Google it. And yeah. you can find like the list of those verses so that you can go through. I remember as a kid, hmm, I don't remember what it was it for foundations of faith, which used to be like forever ago was like the curriculum they used to teach you the sixteen fundamental truths. Okay, uh, uh, and I think it was from that um, you had to find it in your Bible, highlight it, and then um, memorize it. Yeah, which you know my memory is not great <laughs> at all, so that didn't work, but. But I do remember as a kid having that writing it in the back of my Bible on some of the blank pages that you have in the back oh, of your yeah. Bible. Uh, uh, I don't have it written in m- this one now, but ooh. but as a kid, you know, writing it in there so that I could find them again pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, right now I have a, a Bible memory app that I use that keeps those things fresh in my head. But even then, sometimes I'm like, I don't <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't remember always where they're found or whatever. But um but most Bibles have a couple of blank pages or a couple of note pages and, um, yeah. you know, that you can use to write that down. So if you're ever talking with somebody and, you know, they ask you questions and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that Romans road thing, you can yeah. look it up real quick. And I think it's a great idea hand. to write yeah. that kind of thing down right in the back of your Bible. It's exactly what it's there for. Yeah. It's a great yep. idea. So, um, you know, I had a couple questions that mm-hmm. we could unpack. One that was really good. Okay. Let's talk about this just with everything we're talking about. You know, so his main point was daily allow the gospel to measure you first. That was the whole thing. And again, I think very Pastor Jamal and very appropriate. When, when I say very Pastor Jamal, I don't mean like, oh, that's nice for him. Like very, it still spe- it speaks to us. Right. Uh, but very the way he would word it as well. So I, th- I think it's great. But um, so, he, yeah, so he had these four sub points underneath. Daily allow the gospel to measure you first. First one is be honest with yourself. And then he talked a lot about, again, that disconnect between what we believe and what we do. And how so often we focus on that behavior modification, yeah, which I think, uh, you know, was good to highlight. So he said this. He said a pastor friend said this before, and I think this is really great. I thought we could just unpack it for a minute. Yep, what he meant. Sin is not an action; it's a state of being. So he said, "We're not sinners because we sin; we sin because we're sinners." So I thought that was a really important distinction that he brought up i mean what do you what do you what do you make of that uh boy it's hard to wrap your brain around that a little bit um but i think i think the nature of being fallen is that there's part of us that just it's easier to sin than it is to do the right thing yeah you know, I, that's the best way I can explain it. And I think we we sin 
because there's something within us that leans towards sin. Yeah. We don't lean towards sin because because we sin. It's it's there's something within us that is drawn to sin. And and I don't I, I don't even want to say it's like the high-handed sins all the time like no one's going to say why well, I lean towards murder, <laughs> you know, or I lean <laughs> towards whatever. But I think even like pride, you yeah. know, we lean towards pride naturally. Um, I mean, and selfishness. Ha- that's yeah, selfishness easy. or or like viewing the rest of the world through how it affects us. You know, our will be done instead of God's will. You know, things that are much more subtle. You yeah. know, and I think w- I think because of our fallen hearts, those sin flows from our inner desires that are just like this cauldron of things that are spinning yeah. you know what i mean Bo- roiling boiling whatever the right word is and it's real easy from that to flow out yeah uh so i i kind of think that's what he's shooting at there and when i think about the idea of like why do we sin we don't sin because of commercials mm-hmm. and that makes us a sinner the reason why commercials are so enticing is because they appeal to something that's already in us Oh, that's you a really good I mean? way to put it. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to, I guess that's what, like how I'm understanding what he was trying to say is there's something already inside of us. Yeah. That, that doesn't need any help <laughs> moving yeah. us towards sin, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think too, so he's coming at the prideful part, the self-righteous part of ourselves that say, oh, look, I'm not sinning. I'm I'm not doing these things anymore. Therefore, I'm not really a sinner anymore, right? I'm a good person. God's happy with me. And he's saying, no, you're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. That's still inside of you. Yes. And, um, yeah. And it's not about what I can or can't do. It's about what Jesus has already done. And again, like you said, when you've been in church for a long time, you already know that sentence. If there was multiple choice, you'd probably pick that one. But, <laughs> right. you know, but, living but it out. Thinking through <laughs> it and, and thinking even how... Even though I've been a Christian or grew up in the church and I've been in the church for all my life and, you know, I still have to wrestle with these things about myself. You know what I mean? Lest left unchecked, I would return to my sin. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was a really cool quote and, you know, that he said, a pastor friend had said. And I wanted to break this down, too, for a sec, too. You know, you can take a look at that graphic. He displayed that graphic in the second point, encourage yourself in Christ. And the word exhort Paul used to Timothy there. And, um, you know, he gave some critical questions to ask, who is God? What has God done? Who am I in light of God's work? How should I live in light of who I am? But then he put that um, graphic up with the trees. And if you are listening and you didn't, uh, you'd have to watch Pastor Jamal's sermon to kind of see the picture, but it was really a great picture. If we can get it, it may be kind of cool to post on maybe like the community group or something because it was very powerful. Yeah, we could probably grab it off of his slides. Oh, yeah, If he yeah. had it on his slides, yeah. Yeah, because honestly, it was really great. And just showing how, again, he was talking about that disconnect, how like I'm producing, uh, I, I say Jesus is enough. I say Jesus is greater. But then... um the fruit I'm producing is the fruit of anxiety and worry and trying to control. And those things 
are not rooted in Jesus is greater. Um, those things are rooted in a different view of God, that God really isn't enough and things like that. So the graphic broke down. Yeah, my understanding of God is the root. And then so what I think about God affects who, what I think God has done for me. That mm-hmm. affects who I am. And then that affects the fruit that I make. So um, and there was actually there was more to the graphic, too, on how to change that. But so I wanted to ask you that, too, wh- you know, whether however you see it, how how our view of God affects how we view ourselves and how it ultimately affects the fruit we produce. Yeah. I I had done, was it a sermon? I know I did a devotion for the teens one time uh, when we were videotaping stuff and putting out there. And it was three questions. Who am I? Who is God? And what does that mean? So, you know, like a lot of times we start with, our own thoughts about who God is. Yeah. So if if God is not interested in my struggles, then I have to take care of myself. Yeah. And then that flows out to what we do. Right? If if I know that God is a good father, you know, then when I'm in need, I can turn to him and not feel like I have to figure it out for myself. Yeah. So, uh, um, and there's, um, so my thought about that is, is, is like, you know, looking at this graphic and all, it really starts with like, do we view God based upon our own opinions? I think, or do we understand God according to who scripture says he is? Yeah. Because if we see God as the things that scripture says he is, that he's a good father, he's generous. He's uh, concerned about our good, even when it doesn't always feel good. Yeah. If we believe that um, that he has a plan for our lives, that's a good plan. If we believe those things, it's easier. Not, not saying it's easy, but it's easier in the difficult moments to respond in a way that is more spiritually healthy because we know well, right now it doesn't feel good, but I know that God has a good plan for my life. Yeah. Whereas if I'm, if I question God's goodness, like, uh, well, I know God loves people, but I'm not sure he loves me. Yeah. Then when things get tough, it's easy to be like, well, then I have to find someone who I know loves me. Cause I'm not sure if God does. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And, I think a lot of times that's how we feel inside. Mm-hmm. So you kind of need to start to identify that. And I yeah. have shared before that it was when I was watching Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. <laughs> it's really helped me understand a view I've had of God for a long time. And I think I still just need to fight it in my mind. But like how you were just saying, like God is a good father. He's generous. I tell anybody that. Yeah. But in my own life, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> a lot of I times <laughs> I view God as the monkey's paw. That was the thing in the movie that the monkey's paw, it, it granted you a wish, actually any wish you wanted, but it took something from you. Yeah. And that was the catch of the movie. And it kind of escalated from there. And I just realized like, that is literally how I think of God. Like mm-hmm. all the time for me, not again, not for some, I don't counsel people like, Hey, God's, you know, right. But for me, I'm like, 
that's how it is. Or, I, or I'm like, if I'm asking God for something in my life, but I didn't say it the right way, he's going to say, ah, but look, you forgot. And right. so g- you get this. And right. I don't know why that's there. Nobody ever told me that about God. I don't know if it's just always been in me or from my upbringing or whatever. But so that's something that I need to be conscious of. That movie helped me <laughs> kind of identify that. No, God is a good father. And like Jesus says, yeah, like you you wouldn't give your, your son a scorpion, right? If he right. asked for bread, how much right. more would your heavenly father He give good gifts to those who ask? Give the Holy Spirit, he says, actually. But like... You know, so that's an example of like, I didn't yeah. know I even yeah. thought that, but then I realized, wait a minute, that's been how I understand it sometimes. And so, it, sometimes for me, it's so easy to be like, oh, I believe these things for you. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that, you know, God is forgiving and I believe that God is good and I believe that God has a plan for your life and I believe that God is walking with you. I struggle to believe that for myself. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, like, yeah. there, and that's just. You know, maybe it's a little too real for people, but that's the reality. Even it's so much easier to believe for other people. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think one of the ways we counteract that is we just have to challenge those thoughts and be like, "But wait, why would he love others and not you?" Yeah. You know, why would why would God be loving and forgiving, but somehow break the very nature of who He is to not be loving and forgiving of you? Yeah, you know, because yeah. that's his nature. It, it, it's it's not like something he does. It's who he is. Yeah. So would God like totally just betray himself to not forgive me, to yeah. not be kind to me, to not be loving, you know, and like challenging those thoughts with things like that to to really think it through. Yeah, you know, it, well, if I really be- if I really don't believe. You know, my feelings are telling me right now that I have no idea where God is in this. And I guess I got to figure it out on my own. Well, if I really believe that, let me just think all the way through. Would God remove his presence from me completely just because I'm not sure what to do or just because I'm having a hard moment? Yeah. Is that the grace that's talked about in the New Testament? Is yeah. that, you know, I uh, is that is that what God would do for somebody else? Do I believe God would do that to somebody else? Yeah. You, you know, and really just challenge those thoughts, you know, and. And hopefully that'll bring us to the point where we land on the fact that, no, if if God says this is who he is, then in spite of how I'm feeling or what my thoughts may be that's running rampant in my head, I do know I can stand on Scripture because Scripture doesn't lie. Yeah. And so my feelings may lie, my thoughts may lie, but Scripture doesn't. Yeah. So I'll stand on that, even if I am struggling to believe that. I at least know I can stand on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And I mean, even bringing it back to gospel fluency, that's exactly it. So yeah, reading the Word of God, being familiar with what the Scripture says beyond just, oh, I'm going to heaven, right? I think I am. Like, no, that it's and why the, the Word is, is alive. It's living and active. That's why it gives life is when you approach God's Word now with that, you know, in mind. And why... And why it's important as we're talking about like sometimes like growing up in church and hearing things over and over again, why like catchphrases are okay, but they don't hold the same weight as reading the scriptures for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like sometimes like joy, Jesus, other you. Okay. That's good. (laughs) But, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a catchy thing. 
But what I need, though, is more of the scripture because I can doubt Jesus, others, you, joy. Yeah. But if I believe that scripture is God's word, you know, his very words, then there's less room for doubt in that. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Or it's more trustworthy, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that is, that's the most important thing is what the word of God says, not what even right, even phrases we hear in church. And that's what I think of, like if I'm even picking apart my own thing, why maybe I feel that way sometimes, like growing up a lot here and like, well, it was a test from God. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that, yeah. and, and I don't think that that's not a thing, but like. No, but sometimes we use those things when we don't have answers. Yeah. And, well, we'll just say that, but we're not really sure we believe that, but we're saying it because it kind of gives us some kind of comfort. Yeah. You know, or, or. Like sometimes, like there's a whole lot of, uh, I'll say it this way, like there's a whole lot of books about the Bible and we can read a lot of books about the Bible, but are we actually reading the Bible itself? Yeah. Because that's where the foundation is. Yeah. All those things can help us understand scripture more, but it's got to point us back to scripture and then scripture points us to Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So kind of the last thing, you know, we can wrap up with is and i think we've already uh, actually i think we kind of already answered it with what you just said but talking about that um when there is that disconnect that okay um this is who god really is i understand that in my head but in my heart i'm struggling to believe that how do we how do we begin to navigate that tension or manage manage that tension i feel like actually we've already started to answer it talking about yeah, scripture and yeah stuff. going back to scripture and then and then challenging your thoughts with scripture. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I would say I would throw in community and yeah. because like even talking to you right now about this is like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. Oh yeah, t- totally. I have to think that way. You know, and that that helps when you're not alone, you know. Yeah, and absolutely. That's I I 100% believe that when you actually look through scripture and you think about it, Scripture was never meant to be read in isolation. Yeah. Right? He wrote the letters to the churches to be read in the churches together. When you look at the Old Testament, oftentimes in the Old Testament when people had lost Scripture and then they find it again, what do they do? They bring the whole nation together and they read it in front of the whole nation. The intent, can you study Scripture by yourself? Yes. Should you? Yes. But that shouldn't be the totality of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. we need we need each other. We need each other to see the things that we're not seeing. Yeah. You know, and to help each other grow. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let me take a minute just to talk about what's next with Youth Group. Because if you're listening, uh, if you made it this far... You are probably wondering, I mean, a lot of people have been asking, people were asking me on Sunday, like, oh, like, are you taking over? Are you getting involved? Blah, blah. So I'm going to be involved on Wednesday nights. And Pastor Jamal, by the way, you know, he he had spoken to me too anyway. He was like, hey, I think this would be, you know, helpful and all this kind of stuff. Like, um, I pop in on Wednesdays anyway, kind of after church. Like, I'm usually with the adults. So anyway, so yeah, I'll be getting involved and I'll be there. I'm planning to be there every Wednesday. Um and we had a youth leader meeting. We kind of have some events planned between now and December. Um, so for me, I got to just draw some boundaries that I'm not you know, trying to do too much. But um, the youth ministry is still going to be going. It's going to be going strong. And again, Pastor Jamal has raised up 
honestly, I think the best youth leader team you could probably ever ask for. They know what's up. I know they're going to step up. Um, you know, even just talking to a couple of them all leading up to this, that's how they're, and you can just tell that's what's inside of them. They're like, right. so we're going to step up because we love the students. We love what Pastor Jamal has done. So I'm not worried at all about that. But if it does feel ambiguous for anyone who's listening, you know, we do, we got a plan and, um, you know, so we're going to roll with that for Right. And the youth bit. leaders are going to take turns helping to plan stuff and each yep. take a piece of it. And Pastor Jeff is in the process of looking for somebody, you know, he's that I know is something weighing heavy on him Yeah, yeah. is finding somebody he would have already liked to have had somebody in place, but but we also have to trust God's perfect timing. Yeah. You know, yeah, and absolutely. God has the perfect person, the perfect timing. And um, when that moment comes, God provides. Yeah. You know? And that's what was cool. Actually, even hearing Rebecca Rosenberg um, mm-hmm. pray for Pastor Jamal. Oh, yeah. In second service. I don't know if you were there for that. Yo, well, I, I heard from Steph. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was great hearing her pray and stuff. And actually, she just talked about how her first like Wednesday night in youth group was Pastor John Dingle was leaving. And everybody was crying and all this stuff. And she's like, okay. (laughs) But then Pastor Jamal eventually came and how that was perfect timing for her life. So I thought that was so encouraging to hear that too. That, hey, you know what? God's already done it in this church. He's going to do it again. Pastor Jamal and Phyllis were the answer, you know, when that happened. And now with what they're doing, God's going to have the right person. And and that's what we pray for. Yeah. And even, you know thinking about all these things and having a kid in two kids in youth group, you know, I'm personally invested, <laughs> you know, but, um, if we believe in God's timing, then we know that pastor Jamal leaving is God's timing. Yeah. You know, and we know that whoever he brings in is God's plan. And we don't want another, Pastor Jamal, we don't want another Pastor John. Right. We want whoever God has for this next season. Yeah. And so even looking in that, we're looking again to hear God's voice in those things and not just pick somebody because we think, oh, he'll do things the way it's been done. You right. know what I mean? Because right. God wants, I think that's one of the beautiful things is whoever bring, God brings in, they're going to have their own strengths, yeah. their own um, things that they do well that maybe are things that haven't been strengths before you know pastor jamal had his strengths pastor john had his strengths the new guy coming in is going to have his strengths yeah and all those things work together to help our church our staff our kids to be well-rounded even if it's not exactly the way it was before yeah you know so i'm i'm kind of excited about that i'm excited about seeing what God has next you know it's always scary thinking about bringing on somebody new on staff yeah. and the new dynamics between all that you know and and um, um, you know I uh, with the kids passing up to youth group you know there's always that transition time where you got to work closely with you know youth pastor about like okay we'll have lunch together we'll talk with the kids and yeah, send them off yeah, you know yeah. like those types of things and here's here's the kids just so you know here's some things about them as they move yeah, up yeah. you know so and then thinking about even my own kids and the dynamics there of them getting to know somebody new but I think all these things are good things yeah. because when someone stays beyond when they should it's not a good thing right you know what I mean right. so we just gotta trust God's timing for things so yeah absolutely so yeah. Yeah, so it's exciting, you know. Um, uh, so glad we were able to hear from Pastor Jamal yesterday 
at church and you know it's not the last time he's going to be we're going to be hearing him anyway you know he's going to be around and yeah and he's got i think he's got a wedding he's doing you know and and you know yeah it'll be cool it'll be cool to see him around so but everybody thank you for listening thanks for joining us this week on the monday morning recap this has been pastor matt and it's been pastor todd and we'll see you next time bye-bye